What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another brand new edition of Renegades Reviews right here on the Casa D18 Studios channel. I, of course, am the Renegade J.J. Williams, and today I'm going to be discussing from 2015, Straight Outta Compton, starring O'Shea Jackson Jr., Corey Hawkins, Jason Mitchell, Neil Brown Jr., Aldous Hodge, and Paul Giamatti. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me yet again here today for another edition of Renegades Reviews as we continue to celebrate Black music here as we pay tribute to Black History Month. And today's film covers the rise and fall of NWA and covers basically from 1986 to 1996. In 1986, we meet Eric Wright, better known, of course, as Easy e He's a Crip gang member and a local drug dealer. We also meet Andre Young, who is a local club DJ known as Dr. Dre. Um, at this point, he's a member of the World Class Wrecking Crew, which also features DJ Yella. And then we meet Ice Cube a high school student named O'Shea Jackson. Um, MC Wren comes into the picture as a friend of Easy es And there you have our five core members of NWA. One night after a gig, Dre is harassed and arrested by Compton PD. Literally for just standing there, not wanting to leave the area because he just got done performing, he kind of has a right to be there. Now granted, there had been a slight altercation in the parking lot prior, his brother was in trouble, he came to the rescue, but the police don't know about that. They're just pulling up because there's a group of young black people <clears throat> hanging out in this parking lot. Easy comes to the precinct to bail Dre out, and the two of them discuss the possibility of starting a record label, of making a rap group. More so the record label part, but the possibility of getting into this music thing on a real level. Dre tells him that he's got talent across the country a rapper in Texas named DOC, some guys from New York called HBO, Homeboys Only. But they've got to get the distribution. They've got to get the money, and Dre doesn't have the money. Easy, being a drug dealer, has the money. So they go ahead and they agree and they form Ruthless Records. They get Dre's first group into the studio, Homeboys Only, to have them record a song that Ice Cube had wrote. And after an argument, the group decides they want to bail. They don't like the terminology. They don't feel like it's their style. So they just bounce. And after a little bit of 
bickering and persuading, Dre convinces Easy to get into the booth and record the song himself. After all, it's his money that's being put on the line. So what has Easy got to lose? Easy is not convinced at first. He gets in the studio and he starts jerking around, making light of it, goofing off. And eventually Easy tells Dre that it's not going to work. But he says it with such feeling that Dre's like, okay, okay, look, if you can deliver these rhymes with that kind of energy, we've got something here. So Easy slides his sunglasses on and lays down the verses. The song ends up becoming Boys in the Hood. Arguably Easy es best known song, most commercial by far. And this was what was the um, the catalyst in the beginnings for NWA's music career. The five men, Dre, Easy, Cube, Ren, Yella, all officially agree to join forces as a supergroup. And Easy goes one day down to the presses to pick up a pressing an order of Boys in the Hood. <clears throat> He's approached by Jerry Heller. Now, Jerry Heller is an older white gentleman who's worked with major bands from the 60s and the 70s. And Easy kind of jokingly questions him, you know, who have you worked for lately? Who have you worked for in modern times? And Jerry tells him, basically, you know, that if you want to try and take your product to a major label for distribution, by all means, but you're not going to get through the front door being who you are, pushing the music that you're pushing. I can get you in that door. I can make people listen to you because of my years of experience because of my past clientele. Easy contemplates it for a little bit, and they decide to form an agreement, Jerry Heller becoming their manager. Jerry books them a gig, and he convinces some of his industry friends to come out from different record companies. Now, one of the guys, he hears the music, and he's not interested. He tells Jerry, you know, you find me the next Bon Jovi, give me a call. I'm not interested in this music. But one of the executive stays, guy's name is Brian, and he's in charge of priority records. Now, up to this point, the biggest name that priority records had on their label was the California Raisins. And if you don't remember who the California Raisins are, if you're too young and you're not my age, pause my review, open up another tab, and look on YouTube for the California Raisins and watch those claymation animated raisins singing I Heard It Through the Grapevine. That was their biggest hit. 
no joke. So priority records wants to become a little bit more legitimate themselves. Stop being known for the novelty act. And they feel like NWA is a great investment in place to jump off with it. So they want to sign NWA to priority. There's a little hesitation at first because of the stigma of the California Raisins, but eventually the individuals agree to sign with Priority Records and they begin to go to work on their debut album. During a recording session in Torrance, California, one day the group is harassed by the local police. Now, Dre is in the middle of the street talking to his girlfriend, his baby mama, and they're having an argument. She's contemplating leaving him, taking the kid with her. The police roll by, but they don't do nothing. She takes off and some of the guys come out to check on him, you know, see if everything's all right, see if there's any problems. And they get rolled up on by the cops. Down on the ground, arms behind your back, knocking their lunch out of their hands onto the ground. Jerry comes out, and he's appalled by this. He doesn't realize that this is what young black youth go through on a regular basis. He threatens the law enforcement officers that, you know, he knows people in high places and he will get those people on the phone have their badges and eventually once the cops feel like they've had enough fun messing with the guys they let them get back up now the guys are hot right they're just beyond upset about what just transpired they go back in the studio and dre's been playing this beat that he's been working on cube writes down some stuff Goes back to Dre, yo, I've got something for this beat. Dre reads it, says, okay. So Cube goes into the studio and starts laying down his verse for Fuck the Police. The album, of course, straight out of Compton, ends up being released. And it's a controversial hit due to its lyrics and its subject matter. The group ends up beginning a promotional tour to, you know, try to get the word of the album out there, promote the album. During the tour, Dre receives a beep from his mom telling him that his brother Tyree has been killed. So they pause the tour for a moment, fly back to California so that Dre can see his brother buried. And during these moments is when the real heart of the movie, I feel, is felt. Because when Dre gets the beep and all the guys come off the bus to kind of check on him and see what's wrong, you, you feel the sense of brotherhood between Dre, Cube, Easy, Ren, and Yella. You really feel the bond that these guys have with each other. It's beyond friends. They are a band of brothers. 
And when they do the funeral scene, after Dre's had some words with his mother and he walks back off to where the guys are, you get that sense of brotherhood once again. Shortly after that, the group resumes their performances, their tour. And on one night in Detroit, the police from the area tried to forbid them from seeing F the police. This is NWA. They're not going to allow themselves to be censored. This is the very thing they're fighting against, is censorship and the way the police treats the young black men. So while on stage, Cuban Dre make the judgment decision to go ahead and perform the song. Riot ends up breaking out and the group gets arrested for inciting a riot. As the tour keeps going and he sees the amount of people at the shows, Cube starts having some questions. And this is made abundantly clear one day when he walks in on Easy and Jerry eating a steak and lobster dinner, eating champagne, while the rest of the guys are eating fast food, fat burger to be specific. When Jerry finally attempts to give Ice Cube his contract without allowing him to have legal representation and someone to look over the contract for him, Cube decides to leave, finishes the tour, but once the tour is done, he's done. When Cube makes the decision, he goes to Brian, the head of priority, and Brian tells him, you know, it's hard for a solo artist. I can't, I can't promise you that you're going to be a success. However, the first album does good. I'll make it up to you on the second album. On the strength of those words, Cube takes Brian at his word. Ice Cube goes and gets the New York production team, the Bomb Squad, who is known for their work with Public Enemy. Cube kind of figured, you know, if I can't have the hottest producer on the West Coast, Dre, produce my stuff because I'm leaving the band, I'm going to get the hottest producers on the East Coast. Cube ends up releasing America's Most Wanted, and it's a major success. And when Priority is unable to deliver on the second album, like Brian promised him, Cube comes back to the offices with a baseball bat and destroys the office. Now we're even. At this point, NWA is about ready to release their next album. And Brian calls Cube into the office. And the two men haven't seen each other since Cube destroyed the office. But being a representative of the label, boss wants to see him. Cube goes in to see what's up. 
Brian plays for him a song off of NWA's new album, in which Dre says a line where he's glad that they got rid of Benedict Arnold, referring to Ice Cube as a traitor. Cube is hot at this. He didn't say a word about NWA on America's Most Wanted. Nothing. He'd left them alone. No shots fired. He was just doing his own thing. As far as he was concerned, they were still his friends. Wasn't going to get into nothing with them. But with that, Cube decides to fire back. Goes in the studio and he makes no Vaseline. Attacking the character of Jerry Heller, as well as his former group mates. Now, if you pay close attention to No Vaseline, Yella, Ren, and Dre get off easy. 90% of it is Jerry and Easy. After them, I would say it goes Ren, Dre, and Yella. Around this time, Suge Knight becomes a prominent feature around the band as a bodyguard, as DOC's manager. And Suge looks into Dre's papers when DOC is in a car accident, deemed unable to rap anymore. Suge looks in the paperwork and realizes that Dre's been getting underpaid. Dre discovers that Cube was right all along for his suspicions. So Dre wants to leave Ruthless and NWA. Eventually an agreement is made where Dre can leave, but Easy still gets paid a percentage off of Dre's music. Together, Suge and Dre form Death Row Records, and they begin to build a West Coast empire. Working on the title track to the soundtrack of the film Deep Cover, and then the groundbreaking album The Chronic. Snoop Dogg comes into the picture, And as Death Row's success grows, Suge's behavior becomes more and more volatile. And as Dre and Easy's careers are taking off, Easy's is declining. His money is dwindling, as is his health. When he bumps into Cube at a club, they begin to reminisce about the old days and all the money and the songs that were left on the table from NWA. They begin talking about the possibility of a reunion, which Cube says he's down for as long as there's no Jerry. Even Tamika Wright, Easy's wife, goes over the account information for Ruthless Records and begins to discover what Cube and Dre have been saying all along. Jerry's been embezzling money. When Easy confronts Jerry about it, Jerry defends himself. You know, this is the way business is. 
business is a screwed up game. The music business is a screwed up game. Have I ever lied to you? Have I not taken care of you? I've done everything that I said I was going to do for you and more. You know, like, did I cover myself? Did I cover my own butt? Of course. Who wouldn't? But you can't tell me that I haven't looked after you. Regardless, Easy fires Jerry, and he prepares for his comeback with his old bandmates. Calls up Dr. Dre, and they conversate on the phone for a little bit, agree to a reunion, because Jerry's no longer in the picture. One day, Easy, Ren, and Yella are at a studio, Easy's home studio, waiting on Cube and Dre so they can get to work on stuff, and Easy ends up collapsing. Rush to the hospital, and when they perform the blood tests, he's diagnosed with AIDS. Easy releases a statement to his fans and dies. Shortly after all of this, Dre, fed up with what's going on Death Row with Suge, decides he's going to leave Death Row Records. And Suge's like, fine, go ahead, leave. You ain't touching my artists. You ain't touching your masters. But go on and get out of here. Dre leaves and begins Aftermath Records. And that's where our movie ends. I didn't discuss the part about Ice Cube working on the film Friday and writing that because I felt like I covered enough of his solo stuff. Those of you that have seen Straight Outta Compton, you know that there's a scene where Cube's working on Friday, the screenplay. But I felt like I did enough justice to his solo stuff that was covered in the movie that I could leave that part out. I love Straight Outta Compton personally. I've seen this film numerous times. Um, theaters. Redbox did when it first came out. I now own the Blu-ray. This film is awesome. And major, major credit to Corey Hawkins as Dr. Dre. Jason Mitchell is Easy E, and O'Shea Jackson Jr. playing his father, Ice Cube. The resemblances, especially of Mitchell and O'Shea Jr., are uncanny. Paul Giamatti playing Jerry Heller does an amazing job here as well. Jerry Heller is definitely not a positive figure in music history for what happened with him. Easy and Ruthless Records. And he's definitely been portrayed negatively in the media ever since then. But damn if Paul Giamatti didn't do a great job performing as him in this film. Paul Giamatti plays such good villains, such good a-holes, that this was a perfect role for him and he did 
very well with it. I am gonna give straight out of Compton four and a half out of five stars. Purely on rewatchability alone, because like I said, I have watched this film numerous times. It's one of those films where if I'm angry, I can put it on and I can get my aggression out through the music. If I want to be inspired, I can put it on and I can watch their rise to fame as young kids struggling to live their dreams to full-on success. Either way I want to go at it, there's something there for me when I want to watch a movie just on random GP. What do you guys think of Straight Outta Compton? Let me know. Leave your thoughts in the comment box below as always. Let's get out there. Let's get those hashtags trending. Hashtag Casa D18 Studios. Hashtag Renegades Reviews. Hashtag Renegade Returns. And of course, the ever popular hashtag shenanigans. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money's made. Don't forget to get out there. Do what the commercial just told you. Go to teespring.com slash stores slash Jeff Meacham Network. Score your renegade J.J. Williams shirt. Your dad's not always on wrestling shirt. Your talk wrestling shirts, your Meachamania shirts, and, of course, the official shirt for the Jeff Meacham Network, multiple designs, including the brand-new Back to the Future-inspired design. Make sure you're here tomorrow when we continue our celebration of Black music right here on Renegades Reviews, exclusively on the Casa D18 Studios channel, all part of our Salute to Black History Month, when I will be covering Get On Up, the story of James Brown starring Chadwick Boseman. So make sure you're here for that tomorrow. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and I will see you guys next time.